Welcome, everybody, once again to the Irish NFL Show. Uh, I'm Mark Cockrell, your host this evening, and I'm joined, as always, by my compadres here, uh, Colin Beelzebub Cronin and Brian Lucifer O'Leary. Gentle fiends, how are you doing? Very well. Uh, we are in uh, Mina Nullug, so gluttony is allowed all month. And uh, I think we are in for a veritable feast of football this weekend. I think there are a couple of really interesting matchups. And I think potentially at least one, if not two, contenders for game of the year. Mark, I'm getting very excited with all these new names. You're coming up for me and Colin. Uh, I got one on our uh, preview of this evening's game, the Bills and Patriots on the podcast earlier this morning um, I didn't get an opportunity to jot that one down but um, I'll have to keep a list of these new names look Colm's right this weekend in particular um, the, the, the 9 o'clock slate we've, we've had so many weekends where so much excitement in the 6 o'clock slate the 9 o'clock don't, don't necessarily live up to what we've seen in the earlier in, in particular the witching hour this Sunday Dolphins the 49ers Chiefs Bengals and I'd even throw Raiders Chargers in there that's got the makings of a really exciting game so yeah, let's let's get to it. There's, there's a lot of good games to get you. Uh, and I'll, I'll, Brian, I'll throw in the Jets and Vikings as one as well. Yes, you yeah. can't overlook and everything. So I'm with you both. It's a feast ahead, as you say. Um, we were talking earlier about the Thursday night football matchup between the Patriots and the Bills. That review uh, is on podcast at the moment. So if anybody wants to catch that, you'll find that up on all good podcast locations, including our links in our show site. Um, the other thing to mention, of course, is we are, as always, brought to you in association with our partners at Cassidy Travel. I greatly appreciate their continued support. And to everyone listening and watching this evening, um, I, you know, I want to channel a bit of Ellie Goulding. And she was singing, love me like you do. This isn't an encouragement to SM, but show us love. Make some comments. Give us some questions. Uh, feel free to interact and throw anything out there. And we will address any comments or queries you want to put uh, to us through the night on the show here live this evening, as the good old Bill O'Hurley, he used to say. Um, guys, plenty of games to talk about. As you said, we're going to start with a bit of dross. There is, you know, there are some poorer games in this as well. Um, although I reckon this one will still be entertaining. The five and seven Steelers are seeking their first winning streak of the season, having not put together two wins yet at all this season. They are going to the five and seven Falcons, who we've all acknowledged, even with their record, have been a surprising package with an efficient offense put out by Arthur Smith and certainly a better performance than the number one or number two pick in the draft that people were predicting prior to the start of the season. In fact, they're only half a game out of the lead of the NFC South, and so they can still have meaningful playoff ambitions this season. Colin, I'll hand it over to you first. Break down this game for us. Tell us what you're looking forward to seeing in it. Yeah, this is... Um, I think it, it will be a, a battle between the, the two coaches, I imagine. Two coaches who have at times this season leaned into their man management obviously arthur smith or earlier in the year we saw him with the kyle pitts fantasy football comments we saw him with the comments around everyone dismissing them and look we all know about magical mike tomlin's uh, ability to motivate um the reality is for the steelers the offense has 
just been abysmal. Um, they have uh, a s- seven passing touchdowns um, th- this year season. That's a, a, a low around the league. And they've given up 23, which is one off an NFL high. Um, they are, though, going up against a Falcons team that struggled through the uh, the air themselves. But the, the Falcons' strength is on the, the ground, um, which is, in fairness, what the Steelers have been pretty robust against the, the run overall. They're sixth in the, the league. Um, but going up against a Falcons side who, uh, with Patterson um, and the kind of, he he's the lead back, but they have a couple of others there. Um, for, for me, I, I really think this is kind of one of those games where you can make a case for both. But I'm going to say the fact that the Falcons are at home. They're four and two at home. They beat the 49ers at home. Um, despite the fact that both of these offenses are struggling, I think the Falcons can score enough so that the, the Steelers won't be able to to win it. I'm going to go with the, the Falcons in this one. I wish the Steelers had started Kenny Pickett sooner. I really do. Like We spoke about it in the offseason. Um, we spoke about it on Monday night, you know, leading into this game, the preview. Mark was right in terms of picking the Steelers. It was, I suppose it was very evident, Mike Tomlin over Jeff Saturday and the years of experience with lend the hand for winning that game. But um, he came into the team against the Jets. He struggled, they lost out late, then he played in Buffalo. And then he seems to have got a little bit of his kind of confidence together. He played reasonably well again last Monday night. Um, I he was quite impressed when Tomlin came out after the game and said he's now comfortable with the offense, he's audible situations, he's comfortable with him changing the plays. Whereas earlier on when he was playing, he was essentially whatever plays called on the sideline, that's what you run with. Um, I thought he played well against the Bengals and it, it just got to a fourth quarter a couple of weeks ago where the Bengals essentially are a much better side with better players and they, they pushed on and won the game. And the Falcons' defence this season has struggled. It's just such a top and turvy season for them. They play really well on offence. Defence lets them down. When defence steps up in games, then the offence lets them down. Like the game, for example, last Sunday where they're in the red zone with essentially the game there for the taking and they find a way to, to implode and lose the game, which has happened time and time again. There was only a couple of weeks ago, Colin was talking about how they imploded and gave the game away against the Chargers at home and yeah you're right Steelers haven't won two games this season and they haven't won any games where they've scored less than 20 points I think 23 points seems to be the magical number for them to get to that they're in, in a position to potentially win games and I'm surprised I, I'm changing my tune on this because I have been quite down on the Steelers all season but I think five and seven two teams that are on the periphery potentially of making this a late run probably not going to make either of them get to the playoffs but I'm going to excite with the Steelers I think the experience of Mike Tomlin will find a way and it'll come down to potentially to a field goal and I trust that team more right now than I do the Falcons Yeah at the moment the Steelers are staring down the barrel of a gun of their first losing season since 2003 under Bill Cower um, we've talked about it before Mike Conley has never experienced that but he's going to have to pull off some miracles to avoid that being shattered this year Um Brian, you rightly called out the Falcons are coming off a very disappointing game against the Commanders where they not only threw it away with the opportunity, deflected pass being intercepted, but even with the potential of getting the ball back, ran into the punter with 30-odd seconds to go. So again, you know, would have been less likely, let's be fair, but sloppy play um, leading to a defeat against the suddenly hot Washington Commanders in that regard. Um, the Steelers did do me proud when I picked them to take on the Colts this week. 
And perhaps I was getting a little bit anxious when I said at the start they're five and seven. They're four and seven, but I was just tipping my hand because by the end of this game, I think they're going to go to five and seven. The worries about their offense are absolutely justified. But interestingly for me, that defense has stepped up and tightened up. They obviously started the season with a bang against the Bengals. But it's not just all about TJ Watt anymore. Uh, name for everybody to watch out to for, if you haven't been already, is on the other end with Alex Highsmith already at 10 sacks for the year. So they have the peripheral, the peripheral bookends, as you are always looking for. So I'm... Despite the surprise around the Falcons, despite they are at home, I am equally going to go to the Steelers and have some confidence, have heart, my dear, uh, as uh, as the song goes, uh, that they will start to bounce back. So we're we're two one on that one, um, and therefore, unless a draw, one of you know some of us on the show are going to be right. That's good. To move swiftly on, we'll go on to. I said there's some dross to get through first, Carlum. I'm sorry. The three and eight Broncos are playing. I'm just sorry they're playing. No, I'm not. I'm teasing. The three and eight Broncos are going to the seven and four Ravens. And uh, the Ravens obviously dropped a game last week. They didn't expect to. It was a bit of a surprise. Um, But there's a lot of stories obviously circling around this Broncos team. And it's not, of course, the season that anyone predicted beforehand. Uh, no, to that, to put it mildly, I was doing some research uh, in to, for this and came across a stat that the Broncos haven't scored more than ten points in any quarter this season. Um, that is very, very bleak, considering that the Kansas City Chiefs managed fourteen in the very first quarter uh, of the uh, the season against the Cardinals, and then went in and scored fourteen again in the third quarter. Um, so that's what they we're up against in the uh, division. Um, but but um, the the Chiefs joined the Broncos in having a terrible record out east. Um, the the Chiefs actually have uh, the worst record in the AFC West total. Like this is going all the way back. The Chargers are the one team who can actually win in, in the East once it goes to Eastern Standard Time. The, the Broncos, the the Chiefs, and the Raiders all seem to to struggle, and unfortunately, that is something that is likely to continue this week lots of speculation around russell wilson um some very silly stuff uh some uh worrying stuff um the the broncos um it's it's a mess and i don't know how they go about uh fixing it uh it, for me i have said that i think the what I would have liked, like the back end of the season, I, I really wanted to see the Broncos score more than 20 points, average more than that. I didn't think that was too big an ask. Evidently, it is. Um, and the concern for the Broncos is that um, with the Jets sitting where they are, the Jets need two more wins to end their losing season drought. The Broncos could hold the um, longest uh, losing season drought in the NFL come at the end of the season. I, I think undoubtedly that, look, the defense will um, be, they'll, they'll keep it tight, I believe, because they have been interesting. And we'll talk a little bit later. They've, I mean, look at what they were able to do to Derrick Henry. That kind of 
that was a blueprint for the Bengals. So the, the defense have certainly held up their end of the bargain. Um, but Baltimore's defense have just been so good uh, in terms of getting to the QB. The Broncos O-line has not been good. I am going to say that, unfortunately, um, my Broncos are in for a long afternoon in Baltimore at the Ravens to win this one. Yeah, well, Connor's covered the Broncos, so I'll flip it to the Ravens. And, and the Ravens are so, such a Jekyll and Hyde side. Like last week's game against the Jags kind of sums up the season. A nine-point lead in the fourth quarter. They they give it a fumble away, a fumble interception, whatever way you want to call it these days in terms of the, what we've seen over the course of the season. That's the fourth time this season they've had a really expansive league leading into the fourth. Um, nine points, the other three games, they were 10-point plus. I still find ways to turn the ball over, bring teams back into the game, and essentially lose, lose the game. And then even then at the end, after they, they went behind, they still found a way to drive down, put themselves in the position to win the game. And I thought at that stage it was bad clock management. They could have looked to kind of run the ball, put themselves in the position to kick a winning field goal, but they took the touchdown. But this is what we've seen from this Ravens team throughout the course of the season, that they found ways to win. And it's not just on their own. We've seen it at home against uh, Buffalo. We've seen it against the Dolphins. So I can see a, a, I can see a scenario where it could be a lot closer than, than we think you know we saw two weeks ago when Carolina went in there I was quite surprised I thought they would really put a number and put a, a marker down in that game they didn't it took until six minutes to go in the fourth quarter for them to put that game away I can see similarities here because the Broncos defense the one thing you can say when the season is over you look back the defense is a really top defense and it's done they're up most of the season to put the team in position to win games which is probably evident in the frustration we saw last week and I don't I can't recall which player but obviously getting in in the face of Russell Wilson was which is not good to see um, this again last week the Ravens had three red zone opportunities in the first half they took field goals this is the type of thing if the Broncos can bend and don't break keep keeping the game they could put themselves in a position going to fourth to potentially win the game but I still think even if that's the case in the fourth quarter the Ravens will, will find a way to pull away and win this game I don't think it'll be the, the best of games but I still side with the Ravens to win Brian you're absolutely right the Broncos defence has been superb I mean, one of the best defenses in the NFL. I mean, approaching some historic quality in, in relation to the whole thing. And they've utterly and completely wasted it. I mean, if anything, and I appreciate that, the, you know, there's a lot of noise about that little blob. I said it earlier in the um, uh, last week when on the show, um, sorry, earlier in the week, Monday night it was, that that happens from time to time. I don't read too much into it, but of course it's public. Everybody speculates on it and talks more about it and everything. But Frankly, some of what the uh, offense has done to that Denver defense, they should be putting Azkaban for the crimes against humanity for it. Um, it's definitely not crimes against defense of the dark arts, just crimes against defense generally. Um, on the flip side, you caught it out really well. Like the, the Ravens, I mean, talk about Jekyll and Hyde, those leads that they have thrown away. If it wasn't for how bad the Raiders have been with a lead, sorry, black hole fans, but the reality is they've been almost uh, historically as bad at it. It started with that week two game against the Dolphins, throwing away that 17-point uh, lead in the fourth quarter, and it doesn't feel like any lead is safe. And in many respects, of course, it does seem like the Ray, uh, the Ravens are odds-on to get to the playoffs, but it feels a little bit like last season. It feels a little bit like other seasons. Of course, last season they had a big injury bug, lost the last four games, kind of kept them out of the playoffs. But in other years, they've got to the playoffs People then have contained or got a good game plan against Lamar Jackson and they've been one and done or they've been knocked out of the playoffs. They've never made the AFC Championships, the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowls. You would think the team with this talent and the performance during the regular season deserves. 
And you look at the stats, you look at everything. Lamar is still leading everything. He's nearly double um, Kenyon Drake's rushing yardage. They're relying upon him so much in the rushing game as well as with his arm. And he's not doing bad with his arm, 17 TDs, seven interceptions. He can hit his targets. But who's the targets? That's right. Mark Andrews, yet again, is the leading receiver for the Ravens. Um, and it feels like we've played this song many, many times before. They're not going to be defined by this weekend. I equally have the Ravens uh, to, to win this game. I, I don't think you can trust, really, the Broncos' offense in, in respect to things. And the Raiders, they were on a four-game winning streak before last week's unfortunate uh, and surprise loss to the Jaguars. So they'll be looking to bounce back quickly. But as with all the teams that consider themselves contenders, pretenders, or possible um, entertainers, um, it's all about January and it'll be all about February uh, for these types of teams. And that's the bit where we start to see really the money-making doing their shaking. Um, speaking of the Jags, we will move. So sorry, we're unanimous on the Ravens, I think. I just want to check. Yeah, that's all right. Hey, there you go. If you're looking for Hope Broncos fans, the unanimous Irish NFL show curse has duly been appointed. Um, Decky is trying to wind up column, I think, with Let's Ride. I, I think we'll move swiftly on before flagging that any further. Um, I did just briefly mention the Jags, 